Welcome to the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Super Talk Mississippi 93.7 Spotlight is on Northwest Community College. And you can listen to our live stream at supertalknorthms.com. Just click on the link for the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Here's your host, Gary Darby. That is me inside the LitcoMetals.com studio today. Ready for the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. We'll talk things in the Northwest Community College world today. Scheduled to discuss the glass menagerie with Victoria Newton. She went to school at Northwest and is directing the upcoming production. We'll talk with Victoria in the first part of the program. And in the second half... Northwest Ranger baseball coach Mark Carson returns, and we'll talk about the early part of his season, and we'll get that discussion going on as well. Plus, I have other sports that we need to talk about. We'll get you ready for the rest of the day in the Super Talk world, but most importantly, we need to open up our discussion today about the weather. Alan Samuels of Oxford bringing this forecast to you. Shop online at alansamuelsoxford.com. They're your friend in the car business we've already seen heavy rain and we have seen you know some wind but we're going to see even more as the afternoon kicks up and goes around and looking at radar right now there's scattered things going on in north mississippi but we can expect some heavier stuff and maybe the heaviest between one and three today but we do have a wind advisory that's going on here in north mississippi and so most of North Mississippi is going to see winds that could be as high as 20 to 30 miles per hour. But I have some models that are telling us that we could see 40 to 50 mile per hour winds. And if you follow the National Weather Service on any social media site, they put out a statement. Some of these rainstorms we see before lunch could actually have hail within them. And you might see a little bit of that prior to one the actual hailstorms may end middle afternoon, but that's when they're saying we could see some of the tornadic activity. So, I, look, it's a little bit of everything. You know how it is. They're doing their best to try and forecast. Just know that there's an opportunity at some really gusty winds, uh, some that could get up between 40 to 50 mile per hour. Some of the storms could have activity in them of uh, of the bad variety so just be prepared for that it does look like somewhere around five six o'clock tonight basically around sundown is when this will stop and then we get cold right now 60 degrees already throughout most of this north mississippi area and again we'll get to around 70 and that's when that 1 to 3 p.m really tough stretch where they're saying there is a 100 percent chance of strong storms and wind that's going to go for that next two, two-and-a-half-hour period. And then by the time we get to 7 o'clock tonight, just some clouds at around 50. So be prepared, okay? Basically is, is all we need to say. Going to have some strong winds. Most will see 20 to 30 mile per hour with some gusts at 40 to 50 mile per hour. Lovely. That's what we have on this Thursday, February 17th, as far as weather is concern so watch for it okay my friends uh it's there m dot i don't know what kind of work they'll be able to do but uh if there's some out there today uh watch obviously there just may be some barricades we've got lots of things going on on 55 on i-22 still at the 7-9 split things of that nature there have been accidents that have been happening with 
uh, the heavy rains and hydroplaning, things of that nature, remember, slow down, get there safely, and follow all that you can uh, here on Super Talk. We'll keep you up to date, promise you. Coming up uh, after this program, Mandy's going to be filling in for Gerard today. I'll give you the full rundown. I can go ahead and do that now. Why don't I? I'll tell you what's coming up after the program, and then we'll get into our discussion with Victoria Newton. Uh, there will be Mandy hosting middays, as you'll hear from John uh, Zetaranzi of the American First Policy Institute at 1020, then at 11, former U.S. attorney and senior fellow with the American Conservative Union Foundation. Brett Tolman will be on the show. And so you have that along with podcaster and cryptocurrency expert Dennis Porter at noon. So a big middays with guest host Mandy on the program today. Then a little bit later on, 1 to 2, In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. That's presented by visitmississippi.org today. In a Mississippi Minute, you'll hear Southern Rock Band Turquoise Willie in a Mississippi Minute. So you'll get that from 1 to 2. 2 to 3, you get good things with Rebecca Turner and today, uh, Sports Talk Mississippi will be live from Duty Noble Field. The national champion Mississippi State Bulldogs get ready for another season. And they will be there celebrating their 100th anniversary of uh, things in Starkville. So they'll be live at Duty Noble with players, coaches, and celebrating the opening of college baseball season and a national championship. So that's what's going on on these airways today. Right now, though, between now and 10, it's all Northwest Community College. Next, we're going to get into the arts. After that, baseball. Prepare for it. Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour coming your way. This hour is everything Northwest. Your connection to Northwest Community College and powered by Sycamore Bank. Thanks for joining us on the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Join the conversation by texting 662-426-1093. Well, my friends, it's the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour, a Thursday, February 17th edition. Severe weather coming into North Mississippi. Be severe weather aware, all right? As we said in the LutcoMetals.com studio today and present this Ranger Hour to you, we thank Sycamore Bank for doing it. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll talk baseball with the head coach, Mark Carson. But now, Victoria Newton is on the phone line with us. we got other things to discuss first. Victoria, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Things are well. Hanging in there. Getting a chance to talk a lot of things here. And we're going to talk about the Glass Menagerie with you. We're going to talk about production times, where people can go see it, get a little arts into the system. But first, let's find out something about you. A little background information, if you don't mind, kind of where you're from, how you got to Northwest kind of deal. Okay, awesome. So I graduated high school in 2017. And my immediate goal was to go to Southern Miss. But being the oldest child, my mother did not want me to move so far away. <laughs> so I toured Northwest and immediately fell in love with it. So I applied and got in. And thankfully, because my grades were good, I got to go to school for free. Thank you, scholarships. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, I've always been interested in theater, so I decided to major in uh, their fine arts program while I was there. And I immediately fell in love with it. It was very immersive. And I got to try all different things. I acted in a couple of shows. I designed a couple of shows. And then I transferred to Mississippi State in 2019 and continued my theater education there. And 
the rest is history. Um, I love Northwest, and being able to come back as an alumni and direct a show is probably a dream come true. Obviously, you were doing things in high school uh, as well. Were you, before you got to Northwest, in productions and things there in and around DeSoto County? Yes, sir. Um, I did theater in high school as well, and then I also bounced back and forth between different theaters in the community, helping out and being a part of different shows as well. So my name is bounced around. I've been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we've had lots of people on, whether it's in DeSoto County or the Panola Playhouse throughout time. Did you ever find your way into Sardis? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, actually, for the past two years, I have design, uh, lighting designed for Panola Playhouse, and I've been there for the past two years. I'm actually going to be doing a show with Panola Playhouse. I love Panola Playhouse. I definitely recommend it. So you're not busy at all, is what you're telling us. you got lots of free time on your hands. <laughs> If anybody needs you to do anything, you you you've got all the time in the world to help. Oh, of course. <laughs> sit around and wait. <laughs> yeah, right. I understand. All right. So we obviously know that Northwest was was a great place for you. Let's discuss the theater department, if you don't mind, and okay. and then we're going to get into the production itself. What do you think was best? Was it smaller classroom sizes? Was it uh, the the people that were there to teach the things? What was it that made Northwest the best experience for you? You could get. I honestly have two answers. It would, one, be the teachers, Alyssa Aldi and Sadie Shannon. They are phenomenal people, and they come from the professional world. So they set up their department and treat it professionally because a lot of the students, including myself, have dreams or wanted to continue it after Northwest and do it professionally. So they train you to understand what comes next. And the next answer would be the smaller classrooms because my favorite memories from Northwest would be the small group of people that I have gotten so close with and still stay in touch with to this day. And a lot of them still continue to do theater in the community. So even though we have graduated from Northwest and gone our separate ways, we still get to get together and do these shows and talk about our memories. And I am still in touch with Alyssa and say you to this day, and I cannot thank them enough for the education foundation that they have provided for me. Victoria, I'm glad you mentioned that both of them have been on this program at some point, talking about you know the the majors and the programs and then different things that are going on and and, and both have obviously touched a lot of people with that northwest program now you get a chance to go back uh, and be a part of the glass menagerie for those that are sitting out there and and may not know Tennessee way may not know things about it and if you are out there shame on you here in north mississippi tell us a little <laughs> bit about this if you don't mind um for sure so, The Glass Menagerie it was written by Tennessee Williams, and it is probably one of his most popular shows, in my personal opinion. Um, but the show is it's a memory play, so it was written from... So, a little fun fact about The Glass Menagerie is, as historians have done research, they have come to the conclusion that this show is almost a very close depiction of if... Tennessee Williams had written an autobiography. Mm. So they have pieced together different pieces and what different points in the show and his life and have drawn lines. But the show is very action-based, and it draws from the memories of the narrator, who is Tom Wingfield. And Tom Wingfield comes from Tennessee Williams' father, whose real name is Thomas. And Tennessee was just a pseudonym because Tennessee Williams' real name was Thomas as well. 
Um, but Tom is a character in a play, and it's set in St. Louis in 1937, and he is a poet who works in a shoe warehouse, and so you just see this constant back and forth on if he wants to stay or go in the show. And he has a mom, Amanda, who is very high-strung, and she's this southern belle and wants everything her way. And then he has an older sister, Laura, but in the show you almost don't see her as the older sister because she is crippled. And then you have Tom's father who ran off several years before, and so it's just this um, different family dynamic that you don't normally see on a stage. Discuss the cast, if you will, and what it's been like working with them and preparing for this production. Of course, I would love to talk about my cast. So we have, it's a four-person cast, and I have absolutely loved that. I've gotten to get very close to these people and really understand how they think and work. So Tom Wingfield is played by Davis Jackson. He's a freshman at Northwest, and he has done several productions around the community, including BFT and uh, Hernando High School and things like that. And Laura Wingfield is played by Savannah Flores, and she is also a freshman at Northwest. And her, she actually told me last night her dream role has been Laura since she was in high school, and so <laughs> I was honored to fulfill that dream for her. I wish she'd told me sooner. And then we have Amanda Wingfield, who is played by Lizzie um, Phillips, who is actually an alumni from the same high school that I went to. So go D.C. Jags. We were both from DeSoto Central. And it's very nice to see her in person because being an alumni of DeSoto Central, I've gone back and seen her in shows, but I get to work with her personally. And it's really nice to see how her brain works on certain shows. And then we have Jim O'Connor, uh, or the Gentleman Caller, as many people refer to him as. And his name is Joey Blythe. He is also a freshman, so I have all freshmen in my show. And I have worked with Joey outside of theater, uh, outside of Northwest Theater, excuse me. And in several productions, we've done shows at Hernanda, our Cubsy Playhouse and Panola Playhouse together. And so being able to be his director and not his actor or um, friend in a show is it's a different perspective for me because I have known him for so long, but I've definitely been able to do it. And I am so thankful for my cast because this show is very hard and many, many people know it. And they are Tennessee Williams fans and they love him. And they have been able to pick these characters up and they have done so much research on them and they have cre they have just made the page come to life and I cannot thank them enough. Discuss then that challenge of the fact that, you know, I joked around that, that, if you don't know about this by now in North Mississippi and growing up, certainly schools, you know, you, you may have read the, the everything, you know, and gone through and you have seen at some point in some playhouse somewhere the Glass Menagerie. How challenging or is it at all challenging or difficult to make sure you get everything right because so many people do know what your production's about? <laughs> no, I will be fully transparent with you and say it's been very difficult because if you've ever read the play or seen the play or heard about the play, it's very wordy. It is only 86 pages, but those 86 pages are full of words and non-stop talking. There's not a moment in the show when someone doesn't stop talking. And if you know Tennessee Williams, you know that he doesn't like things to be paraphrased or changed. Like, it's written in the script. Like, he wants it the way it's written and, and no way else. And so the one thing with actors, and I used to do it myself when I was on stage, is if your brain gets mixed up, you start paraphrasing or you change some things. Sure. And so that's been the biggest thing with, with my actors is 
because they have so many words, sometimes they'll they'll paraphrase it, and I, <laughs> my stage management team and I have to stop them, and we're like, no, you have to say it this way, because people are going to come to this show, and they're going to hear you say it wrong, and they're just going to be so caught up on what you didn't say, and so... Yes, I've been nitpicky, but they've gotten used to it, and they have fixed it, so there's not as much nitpicking anymore. <laughs> can you tell us about the dates, the times, and where people can see this production? Of course, I would be. I would love to. So we open a week from today, February 24th, at 7 o'clock, and we run Friday, Saturday at 7, the 25th and the 26th at 7 o'clock, and we close. Our final show is Sunday, February 27th at 2 o'clock, so it's an afternoon performance. And you can see it on Northwest um, Cenotopia campus in their fine arts building in their auditorium. Excellent. And now you're in the education part of the world right now. Is that correct? Yes, sir, I am. What are you teaching? Um, so it kind of took a different twist because, as I mentioned earlier, I studied theater. So when I graduated, my goals were to get my master's in theater and go off and travel and do all these crazy theater things. And then COVID hit. And so I had to find a different route, and my aunt works in the school system, and she was like, hey, if you want to take a year and be an assistant and get your education degree and then turn out to be a teacher, you could totally do that. So that's exactly what I did. So I landed um, at Lewisburg Intermediate School as a special education assistant, and I quickly fell in love with it. And so I am currently in the alternate route program at Ole Miss, to get my teaching license, and hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything works well, I will be a special education teacher by August of 2022. Well, good for you. I know what that is, having a mother-in-law who's retired from special education teaching and things of that nature, and, and what that job means to so many people, just educating in general, obviously. Uh, but good luck to you. It sounds like you got everything under control. Uh, maybe you can find an hour to have a personal life somewhere at, at some point in time. But I appreciate you for being on the program today, and good luck with the production and everything that gets started here in a couple of days. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love being able to talk to you and, and spread my news. So. All right, Victoria, have a good day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Victoria Newton on with us. How about that? Graduated in 2017, got into Northwest Community College, went through the theater department, then has done everybody went to Mississippi State, got through, got ready, and then as she mentioned, COVID probably changed a lot of people in theaters' minds or, or jobs or in everything in places that you could go. So she took the alternate route. She's working on now becoming a special ed teacher, plus directing things like the Glass Menagerie on the Northwest Campus. It opens up a week from today on the 24th, and they'll go on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The first three days shows will be at 7, Sunday will be at 2, the Glass Menagerie at the Fine Arts Auditorium on the Northwest Campus. Thank you, Victoria, for being with us. 9.29, second half of the show, coming up with a little baseball discussion. Ranger baseball coach Mark Carson's next. This hour is everything Northwest. Your connection to Northwest Community College and powered by Sycamore Bank. Thanks for joining us on the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Join the conversation by texting 662-426-1093. Well, I enjoyed that conversation with Victoria Newton 
Former D.C. JAG, then Northwest Ranger in the theater department, went to Mississippi State, got some more education, now working in the Lewisburg school system and taking some more stuff at Ole Miss to become a special ed teacher and then directing the upcoming production of The Glass Menagerie on campus. Busy lady, but enjoyed that conversation. Now it's a friend of mine, a friend of yours. He's baseball coach at Northwest. Oh, for a day or two. His name is Mark Carson. How are you? I'm doing good, Darb. How are you? I'm. I think I'm good. We were kind of, you know, chatting a little bit and uh, excited that Brian Lynch, right before the show, said, "Hey, I need somebody for basketball tonight. I need somebody for baseball tomorrow. Are you free?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, I'm free." And so I look forward to getting a chance to see your latest production of of Northwest Ranger baseball. But we got to get through a little weather and things like that. Let me ask you. So we do have the the weather coming in today, and you have a baseball game tomorrow. Before we get into actual team stuff, what's what's the practice plan? What do you do on a day like today? Well, it, we've been actually had some really good weather for for January and February for preseason work. You know, North Mississippi, it's such a coin toss. You never know what you're going to get every day, and we're fortunate. We've got a really nice indoor facility that we can get in if we need to. And you know, I love to be on the field as much as possible. The uh, the uh, the football field being turf now, huge huge help oh, yeah. for us. Benji, Benji with the football team there. Those guys are so supportive, and they help us. We get on there a lot. So, you know, we're able to get out a lot unless you just got actual weather at the moment. But uh, this week we've been out up until today and had some really good work in. And, of course, we put the tarp down last night on the field. And so the tarp's down, and, and uh, you know, we improved our drainage system a couple of years ago. And so it's really, really good. And we'll, uh, we'll from what I'm seeing, the weather gets out of here today around 2.30, 3 o'clock here in Senatobia. And so... We'll get that tarp off, and we'll start repairing the, the the parts that probably have some water that seeps through, and we'll start working on it, and we should be good to go tomorrow. I think I know the answer to this. I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you a coach that sets goals of, I've got to win this many games, and so I'm going to maybe schedule some teams I know I'm going to get some wins on early. Are you a guy that's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you a guy that's no. like, i I got to challenge myself because no. I know what I have coming up? No, I'm really not. I've always felt like, hey, you've got to take – we get 18 non-conference games. Um, and and the, the bad part about that is every one of those non-conference games has to be played ahead of that conference schedule. Not that it has to, but once junior college conference scheduling starts, you're not going to find anybody in the tri-state area or, or Kentucky or some of those areas that are willing to play and travel a non-conference situation once March and April gets here. So every one of your non-conference events um, has to be done in February and early March. And, you know, out of 18, you know, honestly, you're hoping for 14 uh, with weather. And so we try to schedule that to prepare us for what I know is coming, and that's that that grind of that MACCC conference schedule, which, you know, I've, I've said for years it's the best conference in college, in junior college baseball in the country, and I think, not that there's not better teams out there country-wise, but I think man for man, team for team, top to bottom, I don't think there's a better conference. And and it is a grueling schedule. And, you know, we know what we got ahead of it. So I do my best to, to try to find opponents that I know are going to be uh, tough and, you know, probably been criticized of that for a little bit of that probably because, you know, you don't, you don't get some of your confidence that maybe you want. Uh, you're playing some pretty tough opponents, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, when you're trying to develop and, and build and, and prepare, I just 
personally have always felt that's the way to go. And, um, you know, so it is what it is. But that's, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough non-conference schedule for sure. sure. Talking with Coach Mark Carson, Northwest Baseball. And the reason, I, I, you know, it's like there's been so many winning seasons in a row, right, playoffs uh, that yeah. you guys have done, making it to the region, getting, you know, opportunities to play for championships of all kind year after year. And, and so I, I knew the answer. But I needed yeah. to get that answer, you know. I, I you know, I needed yeah. to get that answer out there. Yeah. So, so now let's get into it because, you know, I am going to get the opportunity to watch you tomorrow for the first time. But I had a a lot of games that I was able to broadcast for for NWCC Rangers uh, TV last year, and you are replacing a lot of bats in that lineup. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that's gone so far? Well, it, you're right. I mean, it's you know. The, the whole COVID situation and, and the backing of the backing up of the years, uh, you know, adding the years of extra eligibility is, has had its goods and it's had its bads. And, you know, right now we're experiencing a little bit of that bad just simply because of what you said. You know, we, we were, we had so many players that came back last year for that third year. And, uh, you know, while, while that was fun last year, you know, I kept looking ahead going, wow. I don't know that we're going to have anybody back in the lineup that's a regular guy, and and that's kind of what the way it's been. And so, um, you know, it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle. I'll be honest with you, and you know, and, and throwing guys in there now in a normal situation, they would have had more at bats as a freshman, as a true freshman, and more game experience. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're throw they're thrown into the fire as a sophomore uh, with not a lot of experience, and so it's. Uh, it's definitely been challenging. You know, the fall uh, had its ups and downs. Uh, the first part of the fall was not very good. And as we went through the fall and, and it got deeper into it, I really, and I told our club this, I felt like we were kind of coming into our own identity and really starting to see some, some improvement and, and make some strides to where we want to be. And, and this preseason, you know, the practice part has been good. We haven't had the start we wanted. And, and just to kind of echo your thoughts there, you know, when you look at our lineup, you do see a lot of guys in there that are unproven. And that doesn't mean they're not a good player. It just means they haven't been in this situation yet. And you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you don't know how a guy is going to handle it at bat or handle a, a certain pitcher. And, you know, experience is a wonderful thing. And, and right now we lack that. And, you know, it's a, we're catching up a little bit on that. But I do think, you know, I think we got some guys in there that can produce. And, and you know baseball. I mean, you've been there. You've coached it. Baseball is a game of reps, and, um, you know, you've got to get into that daily grind of reps to really see improvement. And, you know, when you're fighting weather and practice and all that, it's just uh, sometimes the uh, the cards are against you a little bit in that. But, you know, I do think we're going to improve there. One of the guys that I know got caught in that numbers game and probably could have started in a lot of places but didn't get those starts because of the numbers that you had is a Pico Townsend from Pontotoc. Yep. And then I saw him play yep. in the summer, too, and I saw him use the wood bat and, and saw him have a, a good summer. And it looks yep. like that he is now taking advantage, at least through the first four games, of an everyday yep. kind of opportunity. Yeah, he has. He, he's had a good start to it. And like, and like I said, we're only four games in, so but he's had a, a couple of really good games. I think he's hitting at the top of our – as far as average-wise. And, you know, Pico's such a strong kid. I mean, just physically – a really strong kid. I mean, he's he's one of those when he takes batting practice, you, you want to quit doing what you're doing and pay attention because it's it's fun to watch. And we got a couple guys like that, but he's one of them for sure. And you know, he has him. He has really improved. Uh, 
uh, at the plate, and and you know, and he's going to get pitched a certain way, and so he he has to be more disciplined, and and with pitch selection, and and just his plate presence up there, and he has he he's shown that, and I think he will continue to do that, and I think he'll be a big big part of our offense. All right, so enough of Selby's side of baseball. Let's get to yours and, and, and the pitching part of it just a little bit. Yep. And, and what do we expect from the Ranger pitching staff? Well, we think, we, we think right now, you know, uh, that that's our strength. Um, it really hasn't shown that yet. Uh, we've struggled a little bit to throw strikes. And, and you know, some of that is just, just early. I know mean, it's just you can throw bullpens all you want. Uh, you can do as many pitching drills as you want, and Coach Carlini does a phenomenal job with those guys and preparing them for the actual game. And you can do all that, and it's a great thing. But, you know, when you put your toes on that rubber and it's you and that hitter for the first time or the first couple times out, it's a, it's a different animal. And, you know, and trying to, to get into that groove and really figure out where we are as a staff uh, has been a little bit of a challenge. But, you know, but I, I think – I think we all three as coaches think that's our strength right now, and that's what we're going to have to take advantage of. And like I said, the first four games, first three of them anyway, uh, we had a really good start in game four. was not very indicative of that, but I think it will. You know, we, we, we're still trying to piece that staff together in terms of roles and, you know, what this guy's roles and, and, and how many innings can we go here and what's our combos look like in terms of the bullpen and, and trying to set some of that up, but but I do think that's our strength. We've got we've got some guys that are bouncing back from surgery that threw this week to live hitters for the first time, uh, for some of them for the first time in, in over a year, and and so you know seeing that was very encouraging. Uh, not that they're ready to throw in there right now, but they they're getting close, and and I think within a week or so, maybe two, we'll start seeing some of those guys out there in that uniform and. And I think that's going to really solidify some things for us and really help our staff. Just a couple of questions for you, Coach Carson, and then we'll let you go. And and, and the next one is, as you've mentioned, it's only been four games, but do you right. see kind of the identity of your team that you want? Is it in there? You know, Do you see glimpses of what you want this Northwest baseball team to be? No doubt, no doubt. You know, and, I, and, I, and I've said this about this club. And I've told them that, and I've told people out when I've, I've spoke and, and done some speaking engagement. This is one of the hardest working teams I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, you go back to, to when we started in August, and you know those six o'clock in the morning lifts, mm. and, and those things we ask these kids to do. Man, they have bought in. They, they've done everything we've expected them to do, and uh, and, and I think it's going to happen for us. We we know we're going to have to be a little bit more of a different team this year, and and I think Coach Selby realizes that offensively and. You know, and we're going to have to probably do a little bit more of the smaller version of the game that, that we're normally known for. Um, you know, we've, we've been in the past, we've been able to stack that lineup with some guys that really had some juice in there and were RBI-type guys. And we've got those guys this year, too. But I think right now, until we kind of catch up maybe a little bit, we're going to have to be a, a team that moves a little bit. You know, we're going to have to be a bunting team and a hit-and-run team and, and really try to take advantage. That's one thing we work really hard on probably this year more than in my 31-year career of total coaching, you know, is, is putting a machine out there and, and putting a runner on second base and really trying to execute with a man on second, nobody out. Hey, getting that runner to third, you know, trying to do little parts of the game offensively that add up to be big things at the end. And, you know, just really trying to change maybe a little bit of our philosophy. Uh, you know, once you have your philosophy of what you believe in, you know, you know I use football as an example. If 
you're going to be a running gun guy, then you're going to live by it. And you're going to die by it. And in, in basketball, if you're going to be a three point team, you're going to probably live and die by it. And in baseball, kind of, it's the same way with a little bit with your offensive philosophy. So we've had to, you know, change that a little bit with our personnel, and it's something I think we are improving at. And and I think we we did a really good job up there Sunday, uh, Saturday at USA Stadium in Game Four uh, of the weekend uh, against Michigan. Uh, Michigan club there, Glen Oaks. We really executed well. We bunted the ball. We moved some runners over. And you know, you know, Gary, when you do that, it really creates problems sometimes defensively because you got to field that rascal and you got to right. throw that rascal. And and you know, and sometimes early in the year, you know, you're not you're not in routines of doing that, and so it creates defensive pressure. Uh, that I think we're going to have to do that a little bit. One thing I like about this team is we got the speed. And we got some athletes in there that can run, and, and that's always a plus. So you can always take advantage of, of those uh, those good things about those hitters. Well, I appreciate your time today. I will see you tomorrow. And just a reminder for your Northwest baseball fans, they've moved game times to one yep. and four, uh, so it'll be just a little bit warmer, Coach Carson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we stay out of that, if we stay out of that back end sunset, uh, <laughs> that's that's what we're trying to achieve there. Maybe we can sneak in a few more minutes of sunshine. So. But I really would love to encourage everybody to come out. You know, junior college baseball, I'll say this, and I'll, I'll try to plug it not just for us but for the whole state. Junior college baseball is really, really good. I mean, it's a great brand of baseball. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun game to watch. It's a fast game. And I would really love to encourage, especially the local people here of Senatobia and North Mississippi, come out and watch these guys. They deserve that support. And, and I think they'll be a fun club to watch. We'd love to have you at the park. Great stuff. I, I may see you later today, but definitely see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Darv, good talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you. Thank you, Coach. All there, there he is, our friend Coach Mark Carson, Northwest Baseball Coach. Uh, they will play Lakeland, a team that they did play in that uh, weekend uh, up in Millington. Uh, they lost to Lakeland in that game on, uh, on Saturday. But then, as he mentioned, bounced back and got Glenn Oaks. In the second one, one it in five innings, in fact, 17 zip. So you hope that that moves over, carries over, and again tomorrow from one until four. Well, one o'clock for the first game, four o'clock start for the second game. So they'll play a doubleheader tomorrow, and then they'll play Jackson State out of Tennessee on Tuesday before we get back and do another show. So let's see how Coach Carson's team has responded after the first four games with those next four. I'll be back to conclude this Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour in just a few. We're talking Rangers this hour. Thanks for joining us for the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. It's a special conversation about Northwest Community College. There's a campus near you and more to come. And you can join the conversation by texting 662-426-1093. NorthwestMS.edu if you're looking for anything academically about Northwest Community College. NWCCRangers.com for all athletics. And there's things going on. The Northwest softball team, you know, we had Coach Chelsea Bramlett on last week, and her club's off to a great start. 7-1 and one now. They went to Boonville, played in an event, and won all four including the last two in run rule fashion. Gabby Dickerson, who's from Olive Branch, threw a no-no against number 11, Three Rivers. 8 nothing. 
in a five-run, uh, five-inning run rule game. And they followed that up with a 13-3 win over Bevel State. So it's the best start for the program since 2007. And they'll be playing next Thursday uh, at Cenotopia Sports Park, a doubleheader against Jackson State, Tennessee. So good for them. And getting a, a great start there. Basketball's going on. I will actually be in Cenotopia tonight for the final regular season game for the Northwest Lady Rangers. They host Colin starting at 5.30. Most of the weather is going to be done by that point. For most of this listening audience, two, uh, actually 12 until 4 is when we're going to see the heaviest of the storms. At least that's the prediction model. But I'll be in Cenotopia. We'll do that for you on nwccrangers.com slash TV and on the Facebook Live as well as they take on Colin And for Coach Howell and company, uh, they are now 14-8 and eight overall, but 8-5 and five inside MACCC action and tied with Colin at 8-5. and five. Colin's 15-7. and seven. And so a big game here. They're also tied with Etiwamba Community College and East Mississippi at 8-5. and five. So a win for Northwest tonight could put them in a top five or six situation in the state of Mississippi going into the playoffs. So that's going on. Meanwhile, the guys will be going to Wesson and take on Colin at 6 o'clock. And that one has a lot of ramifications as well for seeding and things for Northwest Currently in a tie with Mississippi Gulf Coast. They're just ahead of Southwest, who they just had a win over. But opportunities to move into possibly even the top four if they can get a win in this one in the state of Mississippi. As they've won now three straight games, 16-6 and six overall, and also 8-5 and five inside Mississippi. So big action going on for both men and women. You can keep up with it at nwccrangers.com. Find them on Twitter, and then if you get out today, and we hope you do, 5.30 tonight, Howard Coliseum, Northwest Lady Rangers taking on Colin, and then tomorrow, Friday, 1 and 4 o'clock starts for the double dip of baseball. I'll be at both, and I appreciate Mr. Brian Lentz sending the message and asking a little bit before the show started today. So we're done, and I thank you for being a part of this Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Tomorrow, we'll get into all things probably in the high school playoff world, plus we'll update you on a few things Northwest sports-wise, get you ready for an Ole Miss-Mississippi State kind of baseball weekend, basketball going on for the teams as well. So a whole sports day. Our buddy Jake Thompson scheduled to come in and visit with you for the hour. I thank you for being on this hour of the program. If you ever want a text message in, it's 426-1093. You know the social media sites. Have a good Thursday. Safe, please. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Now the time has come for leaving. Fear, now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we got to run.